Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with Evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's Evangelist Jonathan. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Lift both hands to the Lord. Father, as we come to the final three days, the final set of three of 21 days of prayer and fasting, thank you for everything that you've spoken to us. Thank you for your word that says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. Thank you that we have the ability to be led by the Spirit, to not make foolish mistakes and foolish decisions and decisions based out of our flesh, but to hear your voice walk in your ways, and receive the blessing that comes from putting you first and making our spirit the lead horse in the parade instead of our flesh or our mind. In Jesus' name, we thank you for all these things. Let people's lives look nothing like the years before in 2023. Let this year be a powerful year of breakthrough on every side. For every person that names the name of Christ. In Jesus' name, I thank you for it and give you praise. And all God's people said amen. Amen. Give the Lord another great big hand clap. And you can be seated from all over the, the world. If you're from out of state, let me see your hand up. Holy moly. All right, let's see, who, let's see how far people came. Anybody California? Welcome, California. Anybody Oregon or Washington? Nice to have you. Which, which one, Washington State or Oregon? Nice to have you. And? Nice to have you. God bless you. Give our friends from the Pacific Northwest a big uh, hand clap. Two beautiful states. You know, if you live on the East Coast and you watch television, which would be most of us, except if a couple Amish people snuck in, you think, you know, Oregon's communist, Washington. If you go there, it's the same as any, any other place in the United States. The downtowns of cities are liberal and full of demon-possessed people. And then the second you get 25 or 30 minutes outside of Portland, Oregon, or Anywhere, it's all um, come and take it bumper stickers with a picture of an AR-15 and <laughs> all that stuff. America is, is a pretty great place. So who else we got? We got uh, no, Canada. huh? Canada. What, what province? Toronto, Say it again. Toronto, Ontario. Oh, Toronto, Ontario. I've been there a lot. Yeah, we love our kids. Oh, yeah. Nice to have you. Give our friends from Toronto, Ontario a big hand clap. That's awesome. I'm praying there's a great change in, in Canada because it, it's terrible that Toronto is four hours and 30 minutes away. And uh, when, I was, when I was younger, you just showed your driver's license at the border. Canada was like the 51st state. And then now it's like going from North Korea to South Korea. And uh, <laughs> it's real. What are, you, what are you coming into Canada for? I don't know, it's night. We got night clean water and stuff and trees. <laughs> so I'm, I'm praying that opens back up. Who, uh, who else? What states? Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri. Keep going. 
Georgia. And we have more people from Georgia. Welcome all our friends from the Peach State. <laughs> Illinois, great to have you. Say it again. North Dakota. Come on. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome 40% of the population. <laughs> I've never met anybody from North Dakota. <laughs> Nice to have you. How'd you find me? The stand. Oh, at the stand with Dr. Rodney. That's awesome. When you guys get internet up there, you should watch us every day. We love to have you. I'm just messing around. We got tons of Amish people here. So, go ahead. British Columbia. Seriously. All right. I'm not gonna shake everybody's hand, but that's a long way. You don't go to that new church out there, do you? The, uh, the one that my brother-in-law just launched, Good News Chapel? In British Columbia? Yeah. Yeah, it is a little bit of a big <laughs> province, isn't it? <laughs> Vancouver, but you're not in Vancouver. I'm outside Vancouver. Yeah, my brother-in-law just started a church there. I'm not trying to pull you away from your church. It's just okay, no. Good News Chapel. You, you can look it up. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, I didn't mean for you to come all the way from the West Coast and me pressure you to, sw to go to the church, but... <laughs> Just thought I'd mention it. Who else? We leave anybody out? Minnesota. Say it again. Minnesota. Minnesota. Brayton. Oh, there's still a lot. Keep going. Florida. Florida. Really? Close to Hobbs? Choose life. Nice to have you. Colorado. Colorado. Where? Grand Junction. Grand Junction. God bless you. Where else? Iowa. Where's Iowa? <laughs> Iowa. Oh, yeah. Give uh, Lori Hammer... Holistic health practitioner. Uh, who, who was over here? Massachusetts. Which, what part? Springfield. Springfield. Nice to have you. Oh, I know Springfield is where Six Flags is. I got married in Lexington. Missouri. Which part? Nice to have you. Nice to have you. Wow. Everyone from Pittsburgh goes to Myrtle Beach. Finally, someone from Myrtle Beach came to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Go ahead. Which part? Uh, Close to Trenton. Nice to have you. Reno, Nevada. Reno, Nevada? More? Man, that's really making me feel like we need to get something going out there at a place I've never been. That's a lot of states represented for a prayer meeting. That's a lot of states represented for a revival meeting. God's on the move. Well, before we pray, take your Bible and turn to Job chapter 22. I told the, if you watch the morning broadcast, I said the, the fast, like everything else with life, is like when a sink drains, slow and then fast. So it's like before you know it, the last three days are on top of you and you want to really press in and make these last three days uh, where you don't come out of this fast and it was just some fruitless spiritual endeavor. You want, and I'm not going to get back into what I taught at, at 1030, but the main thing you can get out of a fast, beside breakthroughs, if, you know, if you're looking for debt elimination, and people, people have awesome testimonies, health problems cleared up, you want God to speak to you about how to structure your life coming out of the fast. If your days consist of the same activities post-fast as they did pre-fast, you're going to have the same life post-fast that you did pre-fast. One thing my dad, you know, my dad would do 21-day fast to start every year, and I'd, I'd wait. I'd say, is he going to start, like, floating? 
They're going to be like fire that now shoots out of his hand. And a lot of times, the, the, a lot of times, the thing my dad got out of the fast was an instruction. You've been doing things this way. Do it this way. And it changed things. One little instruction. Tweak this. And, I, uh, you know, people, don't, people haven't been instructed about hearing the voice of God. Yeah, you can hear a voice on the inside. You can hear a voice on the outside. Saul did. He heard a voice. The people around him heard a loud noise but heard no man. But he heard Jesus talking to him. But for me, the inward witness of the Holy Spirit, which is something doesn't feel right. I think about doing this. Kenneth Hagin would always say, it's like taking a shower with your socks on. Something doesn't feel right. <laughs> There's, when you go on a 21-day fast, you feel, you start thinking, okay, fast is about over. I'm getting ready to do this. And you, something maybe you were even excited about doing before the fast started. And then now when you think about it, it rubs you the wrong way. Mm. That's how you know who not to marry. You, know, you might be in love with somebody and then you go on time of fasting and prayer and you start thinking, you know, I've been, I've been in Pittsburgh in prayer every day. I'm going to go meet up with them to go on a date. I'm not talking about like an unclean. I'm talking, they're a Christian, you're a Christian, you're not living in sin. But then you think about meeting back up, it's like there's no desire there. It, 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 you, you have to pay attention to that because what people do is they override their spirit. It's like, well, yeah, I don't feel, but I'll, I'll just do it and then I'll get myself feeling that way again. Don't do that. The 21 days of prayer and fasting is a time where you've taken a pause from your normal daily activities to, you took a step back, which most people never do. That's, that's actually one of the side benefits that's one of the greatest benefits of fasting and prayer is you broke your routine for 21 days. When you're in the forest, you know, you can't see the, can't see the forest for the trees, that old saying. You're just in your routine. You don't have time to think of anything when you're, when you're doing the same thing every day. You're just going through motions. But then in this time to pray, an all-night prayer, you have a time to step back and say, why am I uh, doing that? I'll tell you what. There's a book called Purposes, Plans, and Pursuits by Kenneth Hagin. I'm, I'm going to give that, and I don't do this during prayer, but I am doing it today. I'm going to give that book to anyone that sows a seed or partners with the ministry online or here because I'd like you to read it coming out of the fast. Kenneth Hagin was praying in tongues, and when he was praying in tongues, Here's another thing you don't hear about much anymore. There would be like demonstration of the Spirit. Sometimes people would give a message in tongues and then act something out in old Pentecostal church. One time my cousin Teddy was preaching and he, and he gave a message in tongues in the middle of his preaching and then went over and picked another minister up out of his seat and carried him up on the platform and put him down and said, it, it, thus saith the Lord, in the same way the Lord's going to pick you up out of where you are now and carry you to a higher place. So as Kenneth Hagin was praying in tongues, the Lord had him do a demonstration where his finger just started going like this on his Bible in circles. And then the, trans, the interpretation came from his tongue. Round and round and round you go. And he said when that happened, the thought came to him and he looked at it. All the churches he was planning to go to were the same churches he had been going to the last nine years. In order. I had an evangelist tell me one time when I was younger, he said, I, I got to a point where I would make two weeks of phone calls to my buddies that I preached for, and I'd have my whole schedule booked for the year. That's dangerous. It's dangerous to just 
Go in circles. You, got a, you were believing for a job, then you got a job, but there's no increase. You're showing up for work every day, planning the same thing. So if all this is, is 21 days to pray and fast, then you're going to jump back and do everything the same. There should be something you're adding to what you're doing, not just yearly. I mean, you really, I mean, if, you, if you're not used to doing it, hey, back from New Jersey, good to have you in New York, good to have you guys back. Give our friends from New York and New Jersey a big hand clap as people keep pouring in from out of state. Great to see you, my friend. Man, we got almost as many people at daytime prayer as we used to for Sunday morning. This is great. Um, you really need to add stuff in. I guess I am going to re- re-preach what I taught in the morning. You know, when Adonis and I started revi- uh, uh, in the min- at Revival Today, 2007, when I felt to separate from my dad's ministry, which no, no bad time, nothing bad, just felt, felt to go do something separate, and uh, we started Revival Today. Well, then there came a day, we need a website. And that wasn't a small thing. We have no employees. I don't know how to write code. I've learned how to use the internet. I don't, if I had to make the internet, it would, <laughs> it would not be usable. I don't know anything about that. So there came a time we had to figure out on, on zero budget how to get a web page up. And then there came a time coming out of fasting and prayer where I felt, okay, there's now live streaming capabilities, 2009 or whatever. There was no Facebook Live, no YouTube Live. But I knew I had seen other ministries broadcast their services. And I thought, well, then if they're doing it, there's a way to do it. I I need to find out how to do it. So we found out there was a company called Christian World Media, and we would post our links there. I grew up in a church, or I was attending a church, where they knocked social media all the time. These preachers going on social media, marketing themselves. At this church, we market Jesus. So I had no Twitter, no Facebook. I had heard that preached against. And then I had the idea one time in fasting and prayer. Um, There's no way for anyone to find me on Christian world media, except people that are already on Christian world media. And then most people are going to watch something on purpose. They're not just going to watch some random program. So I need a way to steer traffic for people to hear us preach the gospel. So it probably wouldn't be the worst idea to have a Facebook and then a Twitter, and then we can post the links. Jonathan's preaching tonight at uh, Dayton, Ohio, 7 o'clock. Here's the link if you'd like to watch. Well, what did that do? That started to multiply the meetings. Because, yeah, I might be at a church with 28 people or 35 people, but now, now you got another, back then, 30 people watching online, which was a big deal. Now we got 60 people, and then we would just get so thrilled that one of the 30 extra people had written in, and they were watching from Sri Lanka, and, then, and like there, Slovakia, and I'd never heard that before, and that's great. And then you started to have income come in more than the offering. The pastor of the church could steal the live offerings, but he can't steal the online offerings. I'm not saying all pastors steal offerings, I'm just telling you. It's a lot do. It's amazing how when we started using our own offering envelopes, the offerings miraculously tripled. I don't know how that happened. So... Uh, and a lot of times it's not the, the pastor stealing, it's, it's the offering counters. Very few people can be around money and not steal it. So, um, ask Judas. <laughs> if you've ever had money stolen in your ministry, you're not going to get any sympathy from Jesus. He said, join the club. <laughs> Judas was routinely stealing. So, uh, we added that in. Then one time Kofi's with me, and um, he's watching a pastor from Africa as we're driving, and I said, what are you watching him on? Facebook. 
I said, is it a pre-recorded video? And I looked down, and it wasn't. It had a blinking red live in the top right corner, which I had never seen in my life. This is 2015. I said, you can go live on Facebook now? You don't have to upload a, a pre-recorded video? Oh, yeah, I guess. I said, so then I texted somebody immediately. Find out how to do that and make sure we can do it, like, next Sunday. And so we found out what equipment we needed. Say this out loud. I can do, I can do all, things all things through Christ who strengthens me. Then a lot of other people do all things and they're not even getting any help from Christ. They're actually cursed. They're not even redeemed. So people say, I don't know how you do it. Well, figure it out. Ask, ask people who know. I told Kofi, do you have any connections to that minister in Africa? He didn't. But then ask them. Find out. So the second, that was a beta test of Facebook Live. But as soon as anyone was allowed to go on Facebook Live, we were on that week. We already had all the equipment set up and ready to go. It probably took 80% of my net worth to make happen. I mean, it probably cost $8,000, and back then I probably had $9,200 in the bank. I'm talking in the ministry. But I knew that was going to be a move to make, that now I don't have to post on my Twitter to come watch me. Now it's just going to get forced on people. They're going to be on Facebook minding their business, and it's going to pop up. And then when we went on there, one revival that we had down in Texas, um, There was no algorithms. Like Facebook does things now. Facebook's about over. But even when it was, even a few years ago, Facebook figured out by algorithm whether you were a Christian or not and what type of Christian you were. Because if you did Facebook ads, you could choose like what type of, of Christian you wanted to market to. A Joel Osteen, someone who likes Joel Osteen, someone who likes John MacArthur. So Facebook knew that by what you liked. But before they had that, that's how you know, because if you teach on, in the old days, if I taught on tithing, one third of the comments would be F you, which I like because it showed it was showing it to everybody. <laughs> if you teach on tithing for two hours and you don't get one emoji middle finger, then you know you're being restricted to just a certain type of Christian. <laughs> Very odd thing to teach on at a prayer service, but. <laughs> so they didn't have their algorithm set up. So what would happen is, See, so now, like, if you share this broadcast on Facebook, it will only, it will not share it to your 4,000 friends. It'll share it to your 31 friends that like Pentecostal prayer. And that's why there's no mean comments or anything. But in the old days, they didn't have that set up. So when someone shared a broadcast and they had a business that had two, we had a guy that had a business with 200 and some thousand followers. He wasn't a Christian. He saw me preaching in Texas, was watching on Facebook Live and shared it. We would have like 60 people watching. It went to 700, 1,700, up like that. And then the, the, the pastor's telling me during the meeting, you, you've got 5,000 people watching you right, right now online. That's a big deal. So then the Lord starts adding that stuff in. You start having UFC fighters watch you and, and, and different people. It expanded the ministry because when you start off in evangelism, your goal is to book a schedule. And it seems so far off. It's hard to get a meeting every three weeks or five weeks. You think, man, one day I hope I can preach every Sunday. Well, then you hit the point where you're basically preaching every Sunday. Every Sunday you can, 46 of them. And then you start realizing, at best, I can do 50 weeks of evangelistic meetings a year. And if I don't find a way to replicate my, uh, duplicate myself, if I can't um, 
morph into like a second Terminator that also preaches, which is scientifically impossible, then that's the most I can ever do. So then the Lord, once you cap that out, starts giving you other ways to maximize your time and to maximize your life. So now you have this prayer meeting, but then there's a thousand people watching online. The Lord spoke, in fact, it was my prayer point, some of you would remember, 2017 maybe. One of my prayer points was, Father, let there never be a time where I crack your word open to minister where there's less than a thousand people listening. And when I was praying that prayer point, we were at the Marriott Ballroom down by the airport with 35 people in attendance. It seemed, it seemed almost like, like you sound like an idiot. You sound like one of those people that, that, that's like, says they're a faith person, but they're actually just divorced from reality. Like you might as well, Father, give me flying spaceships to go to different galaxies. It's like that far off. But I felt that, that if I would exercise my faith for that, that the Lord would make that happen. Well, at the time, I was thinking there are a thousand people, there's never less than a thousand people in attendance. And, I, and there will be that. There'll be a day where we laugh about the, th- the fact that we only believed, or that'll be a bad service. But the Lord's already made, this is the first year that's happened where we've, Pastor Bob last night, 1,100, 1,100 the night before just on YouTube. There, there's been over a thousand watching on every night service. When we were doing it this time last year, it was, it was about 100. So it's up tenfold. But I, I'm trying to show you something. When you believe for something to happen, the Lord gives you in fasting and prayer practical, actionable steps that are spirit-led to go in that direction. I want you in these last three days to be open to that in your spirit. Not finish day 21, eat pizza together, which we're going to do and celebrate. And then, Okay, good. Now that's done, and then let's, let's go back. As I've said, it would be the same as joining a gym for 21 days, eating healthy, Intermittent fasting, lifting, taking supplements, and maybe you would in three weeks put on whatever you could do, five pounds of muscle, and, and be feeling better. But then you go, all right, great, 21 days is over, I'm quitting my gym membership and going back to eating. Then actually, the 21 days were a waste of money. And you can actually act after a fast in a way where the fasting and prayer was essentially a waste of time because you just took it as this that, that Mardi Gras Lent illustration. It's Lent, now, it's, now I'm done with that, now let's go to the French Quarter and get drunk. And you become Samson. You get into the spirit, then you get into the flesh. And you end up in trouble when you do that. But the Bible doesn't say get into the spirit when you need a miracle or get into the spirit in the beginning of the year. It says, what, Paul told the Galatian church, walk in the spirit, then another paragraph later, live in the spirit, then the next paragraph, walk and live in the spirit. So you take, if you're going to get maximum benefit from these things, then you have to learn how to take what you're getting in this fasting and prayer and pull it forward to your non-fasting and prayer times. Now, we're going to fast as a church every Wednesday. We didn't do that last year, but we're going to do it this year. And and you'll feel like you're doing nothing because you just did 21 days. But... It's a risk to go on 21 days of prayer and fasting and then go, quote, unquote, back to normal. And on the flip side, it, put, it keeps the afterburners going on your airplane. When you take what we did here and now adjust going forward, no one should come out of this time of prayer and fasting without one thing that you're going to take out of your life and one thing you're going to put into your life. 
There should be something that's rubbing you the wrong way that the Lord's asking you like a fighter cuts weight before a championship bout. This needs cut. It doesn't even have to be a sin. It's not that it's a sin. It's that, it's that to, have, to be the best vessel for the Lord to use, this thing has to get set aside because I'm taking you to another level. And then not just something to take away. I grew up in Pentecostal Holiness Church. Everything was just subtraction. Stop drinking. Stop smoking. Stop chewing tobacco. Stop going to movies. Yeah, that's all good. But there was never any adding of anything. So you just became this stripped away. Everything is just subtraction. No alcohol. No earrings. No makeup. No pants for women. It's a shame for a woman to wear a makeup. I've seen some people be ashamed not to wear makeup. <laughs> not everyone's a, a oil of Olay cover girl. Some, some, some people need help. Leave them alone. But everything was just always taking away. That, and, then, and then now, and I think it's why the Lord's blessing this church, is he likes what's being preached. That's what Brother Shambach thought. If the Lord doesn't like what you're preaching, he's not going to send people to hear it. But... Then it went the other direction where everything was only addition. How I many know oh, God wants to bless you? Oh, you believe for a new car. You believe for a new house. So then you get all these people getting new cars and new houses that their lives are train wrecks because they drink, smoke, and, and do all the bad stuff. So when you combine the two, that you let the Lord strip away things that are sin and things that are wrong. And then B, you let, but it's not just all strip away. You can believe for the Lord to add a business and add vehicles. And people that speak against that stuff, we've had to do it out of necessity. How many buses, have, where's Patrick? How many buses have we been renting the last 21 days? Four buses, which cost what for three weeks? Yeah, you know, no big deal, but that's 12 grand that's not in the budget to help people get to church. And it'll go up from there. You believe God for a growing church, Get ready for your, our expenses that we projected almost doubled last year. We, and it's not like we projected low. We had $7 million of expenses budgeted for 2022, and it ended up being closer. Is it over $13 million? Over $13 million with seven budgeted. That's a large, <laughs> that's a lot. I'm glad I found out after it happened so I didn't have a chance to have a heart attack. It was already done. But... That's where the prosperity stuff comes in. If your church is going to grow, you can't speak to 1,100 people on this sound system, and you can't speak to 1,100 people in this room. New auditorium, $270,000 sound system. So you have, that's where prosperity comes in. Because if, you, if I didn't understand that, I'd go, oh, we can't do that. We're, how are we going to? No. Okay, the same God that's increasing the people that are coming to hear the word will increase the building and sound system and everything else, and we need to have faith and go forward. And God will do the same thing with you. Remember that. Say this out loud. A new level of increase brings a new level of expenses. So just come to grips with it. You can tell you've all been in the church before because you knew exactly when to stop repeating. So don't... And realize God's not stupid. He didn't promote you to another level and go, oh, shoot, it's going to be like a lot of more money, and then you're, you're not going to have that. No. Keep your tithe going. Keep your offering going. As you're increasing, it increases your tithe and offering, which then brings the harvest to, to easily cover 
the massive amount of expense. So we only budgeted $7 million in expenses, but what did we budget for income? $10 million? And it ended up being 15 2 15 even? 15 3 So yeah, so the expenses went way up, but the income went way up. And by the way, our record year was the year before, $7.1 million. And now we're budgeting that for expense. It ends up being, now can you imagine if I had known that ahead of time? I'm telling you, at the board of directors meeting last February, I would have keeled over. I would have turned white and stopped breathing. <laughs> if they said, listen, in, fift, in 15 years, or 20 years, you, the most you've ever had come in in a year is $7.1 million. This year, the expenses are going to be $13 million. I'd say, well, put somebody else in charge. I'm going to go fling myself into the Grand Canyon. <laughs> At least enjoy the view on my <laughs> way to heaven. But what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what's never entered into the heart of man, that's what God has reserved for those who love him. You know, with these people that are here, the hunger level that's here, because of people flying in from all over and driving in, I could teach straight till 7. I'm not, but I could. Because this, this is a different kind of meeting. I'm looking at people that are going to do great exploits for God this year. I can feel that in my bones. Not e great exploits for God. In Toronto, in Washington, in Oregon, in Reno. Remember when I said about starting churches, I feel the Reno and Kingman thing now. Now I said, if you see churches for sale, let me know. What I don't need is what we've been getting is people just saying, hey, this building's for sale with property. It would make a great church. $10.5 million. Hey, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it, would, it would make a great church. Churches that are for sale. There needs to be some element of the miraculous in it. Reno and Kingman, Nevada to start, and then wherever else you see churches for sale. Because the righteous shall possess the land. Um, so what changes are you going to make? You need to make them before this is over, because I'm telling you, your flesh rushes back in strength once you get on the other track. You know, you'll even, I've done this before. You're fasting six to six, which by the way, I ate after six last night. I know I told you I'm doing 21 days without... Breaking. I have broken after six a couple. My dad happened to be in Dallas. Pastor Rodney was there. Pastor Bob Nichols. They wanted to go. That's a special day. So I waited. Even and it was six central. It was after six central even. So I went an extra hour. Now I'm not doing that anymore. But I just thought in the interest of full disclosure, if tabloids print pictures of me <laughs> hunched over a table eating bread with two fists like a prisoner, the, the pictures are true. But just know it was 7 p.m. I looked like an animal. Here's some bread. Oh, wait, the basket's empty. And I had like crumbs all over my face. <laughs> Say out loud, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what's never entered into the heart of man. That's what God has reserved for me. And, that, and that's a fact. That's my, we were on Daystar yesterday. Some of you, I think they played it here if you were at prayer. That's the second time I've been a guest in eight days. And that matters. There's a famous person, if I said their name, most of you would, would know who it is. The guy's wife has half a million followers on Instagram. She's finished the program, following you, liking the posts, 
NFL player reposting your Bible teachings from the morning on their Instagram. It matters. For whatever reason, leftover from the 1950s, when people see you on TV, they assume you're, you have something worth saying. I had something worth, worth saying before I was ever on TV, but people, it's a credibility thing. So God establishes you and opens doors and fortifies your ministry, your business, and gives you one divine connection is all it takes. You think, you think where you're going so far off and where you're believing for, one divine connection. And get on the right track. And the stuff that rubs your spirit the wrong way, jettison it. And the stuff that you feel attracted to in your spirit. And remember, when you feel to do something in your spirit, write it down. And then when you don't feel like doing it anymore, always go by what you got in the spirit. At all night prayer, if the Lord speaks to me to do something, obviously after I go to sleep and wake up, I'm like, what the heck was I? I, I yeah, your flesh, your flesh doesn't feel it. What you get in your spirit, don't let your flesh talk you out of it. Don't let other people that are in the flesh talk you out of it. Don't let professional discouragers talk you out of it. Get something from God that lines up with his word, and go for it. And God will keep building it. Where's the dollars? C come with me real quick. Turn, which, purple or yellow? Girl was in Fort Worth for one day. She's got boots on. These are old. Rubs off on you. I needed what, what, a jacket too, so thanks for letting You're me welcome. I can't fit in it anymore. Um, what else did we add? What else did the Lord speak to us to add to the ministry? This year? Um, no, in the beginning. Like I was talking about how the Lord spoke to us to add the website. Were you here in the beginning? Yes. Remember? <laughs> so, so we start the ministry, we have nothing. Then the Lord speaks to us to add the website. Mm -hmm. Then, where's Magalas? Product. How'd Magalas come up too? Uh, so we started with the camera, uh, that first camera initially, which was the, well, how much was it? A $1,000 camera? $5,000 camera? 500? It was like, bank? I mean, if Five. we had a thousand bucks, no, for real, if we had a thousand dollars. So it was exactly 50% of your, um, what you, your, your net worth. So then we had that, we added the, the first camera. Then it was product, which I packed from Voluntown. Um, so we ended up getting like a huge order of product because at the time you had to order in bulk before you could do like those single, like whatever, before it became easy. Um, then it was, uh, the radio. So I moved here. You wanted a radio station. There was no live stream, which so, is something. Yeah. So we did audio. You know what? I, Cause the Lord spoke to me. I liked pastor Adeboye. I liked Bishop Oyedepo. And there was another guy like. And I listened to Bishop Oyedepo every day and the other two guys sparsely, even though I liked them all the same. In fact, some of them at the time I liked better than Bishop Oyedepo. And the Lord said, Did you, why do you listen to Bishop Oyedepo the most? I said, because his stuff's the most easy to access. He's got Domi radio. I can just pop it on while I'm getting ready and there's always messages playing. Went, exactly. So have your messages the most easily accessible possible where people don't even have to think. They can just pop it on and you're preaching. Go ahead. Then it was, uh, and by the way, the radio was a pretty impossible thing to get because it hadn't been done in the United States. So we had to deal with Nigerians. Oh, we called Nigeria. No, no, no. Remember? But, 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 this, it's so miraculous. Now, 
remember this. The stuff you're, you're planting seeds during fasting and prayer that are going to sprout during the year. This didn't happen during the fast. But as we're fasting and making that a goal, <laughs> listen, don't, I'm not condoning what I'm about to say. I'm just telling you what happened. <laughs> if you don't think it's funny, I agree. Even right now, I don't think it's funny. I'm just telling you what happened. So I go to see Bishop Oyedepo in New York City in 2013. What did it have been? Yeah. Would have been, yeah. 2013 in New York You're City, after. right? Yeah. So I'm sitting on the front row, and I don't know whether I was tired plus immature, but they introduced this saxophone player, and he was enormous. So I lean over to the Nigerian guy sitting next to me. I don't know anybody in the building. They're all Nigerians. I'm from Washington County. And so I lean over to the guy, and I go, there was actually another guy who was supposed to do the sex solo tonight, but this guy ate him. <laughs> so he doubles over laughing. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, all right, you find this funny. So I just kept cracking jokes. That he ate his first two saxophones, and he's actually ordered a chocolate-covered saxophone. And, I get, and he, he's rolling around. So then, <laughs> Mogalis goes, how can we start a radio station? I said, well, I know David Oyedepo has one. I said, so find out who runs his. So she calls, gets this Nigerian guy on That's the phone right. that runs the company that does his radio, explains who we are, and the guy goes, is it Brother Jonathan? <laughs> now, that's not a Nigerian accent. I can only do one accent. I make everybody sound like Dracula. But uh, yeah, I'm doing my best up here. I'm not Dana Carvey. So he goes, is it Brother Jonathan? And then just starts laughing on the phone. He yeah. is funny. I sat next to him at Bishop Oyedepo, the guy that Same runs guy. the radio station. Yeah, yeah. Same guy. Not only did they sit me next to him, he found what I said funny. Uh -huh. Where he could, oh, the, 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 the fat phobic preacher? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I wasn't me. I'm just making jokes. So, so then he says, I'll help. I'll help for, what did he do, for free? Um, for majorly reduced price. It we was just the, the just the, the equipment that we paid for. We paid and for the then equipment. he ran, he, yeah. He, he got it all set up and everything. I'm talking like a major expense for free. What are the chances? There were 4,000 people at that event. He sits me next to the, his radio guy. So crazy. And I was sitting somewhere else, and the ushers moved me to the front row, which was next to him. And I don't crazy. know if I knew he was like somebody. I wouldn't have been making jokes <laughs> during church. But God worked all things together <laughs> for, for, for good. So then that gets set up. So go ahead. Well, it's interesting that you say that because everything that you had set out and endeavored to do in the 21 days of fasting was an impossibility. It felt, I should say, was it felt like an impossibility at the time. So with every year and with every hire, we always say the same thing you know, get comfortable with the uncomfortable because we're gonna venture off and do something that you didn't think was even possible. So, um, so with the radio, we thought that it, that was an impossible thing and we got it done. Then it was the, I'm trying, there's so many different elements. Then it was the um, live stream. So if you can remember a live stream that was done by live stream, it wasn't even um, broadcasting on Facebook at the time, but you had everything set up way before 2020 hit which is basically when everything um, climaxed as far as like online viewership is concerned. Um, when did we start that? The what? The morning broadcast? Actual, no, like the actual live stream. Live streaming to Montreal, live streaming all of our events. You're talking taking the cameras with us? Yes. So remember, Adalis was pregnant oh, with Camila. Flashing me on the screen. Face uh, 2016. 2016. So Camila 
No, we no, did that was way that. before that because Camila was pregnant. Wiring. We were traveling out of your truck, yeah. and yeah. we were. I literally Adalis. Adalis hey, was this, eight months it, pregnant. It was us three. She, yeah, she's pregnant working a. They actually set up the scaffolding to put the camera on that these two Puerto Ricans yes. in high heels with hoop earrings and her pregnant. It was it was so horrifying because they had a huge ladder. It was probably a 14-foot ladder, and we we somehow Jimmy rigged this camera on the ladder so that people could see it from the broadcast. So we were in stilettos. You had to on- wire the church. I had to wire the church because no one else knew how to do it, especially not Jonathan. Um, and there was coaxial, so if you were in media, like coaxial cables, there wasn't wireless like there is now. So it wasn't like you, you need to wire, yeah. You. I literally had to wire the entire church so that our cameras could do it, and I was six, seven months pregnant doing Two it. Two Bronx Puerto Ricans. Yep. <laughs> it was so funny though. Very but how how insane was that? But there was yeah. Yeah, that was that was even before. They correct. tapped into their illegal cable wiring skills. <laughs> it's true. But why why did we feel like all of these were kind of like small little directives that we felt like if we didn't do them, we were gonna die, right? Even as far as the like the broadcast was concerned, we would like the, the it was the crappiest stream. I mean, maybe it was like three megapixels. Like Jonathan would look like a big blob like on the screen. And we'd be like, We're doing it, we're getting it. Yeah, you'd done. finish the meeting and you had all these comments to scroll through and people would order. It, the meeting started to get bigger than the meeting. That's right. Well now look, you fast forward, that's twenty fourteen. Why are you all here from other states? Where right. did you see me? Right. Online. Right, exactly. So that obedience back then. Yeah. Yes. Now we're friends. Yes. In person. Where's this? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, and we. The Lord saw now. Then. You're welcome. And then, uh, we started doing. um, Then we we had the faith for a building. Remember where you were like, no, I think you can operate from here. I'm like, I can't move in my house anymore. If what if what we're doing and stuff, you think, well, I could do it. Let me tell you, no one had smaller faith than me. I once told Adonis, word for word, we'll never need to hire an employee. Anything I can't do, you can, you can do. Anything you can't do, we'll outsource to another company. We'll never need to hire anyone, and we'll never need an office building. Not a church. Never need a rented property of any kind or, or own property. And then you can work out of your house. And then I never thought we'd hire one. Then when you hire two, they can't work in somebody's house. It's weird. So we ended up tacking, and that's one of the, the for the, in tw- the 21 days of fasting, he was like, all right, it seems like you're getting kind of pulled in all different directions. Who do you think we need to add on? And I said, a finance guy. So then the Lord provided Patrick, and then we needed to get a, an office building. So then we had the faith for the office building. Very small. Very small. 900 square feet. 900 so. square feet. And then Jose was a hire for, for reception because we started getting a lot of phone calls. And then... Um, then we grew into another office, a bigger sized office, um, which was kind of, it was like a miraculous thing as well because somebody wanted to buy out the 900 square foot. So then the, the owner said, we'll move you to a bigger facility for the same price. And then the owners of the, that said that they would buy that 900 square feet reneged. So it was literally a supernatural endeavor, even that, that increase. But then um, we started doing these broadcasts on Facebook we started getting a lot of, uh, you know, traction there. Look at that. That's, that was the 900 square foot. We ended up um, acquiring the extra space after we had moved into a new office building so that we could have a proper studio. 
So that was, we thought that was the coolest thing in the whole wide world. Look at those, those wooden, like those. And I thought I'd be there for 30 years. I thought that, that would be Revival Today's studio. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. I because remember putting that, up those me letters. That's me as someone who thought we'd never own it or rent anything. And then now we have that out. It's like every step, we were just thanking God. And we were. God was blowing us away. Yeah. So just get moving. That's it. Go ahead. So then it turned into the broadcasts, then the daily broadcasts. That one was, I think, the most stretching for me was when he said that he wanted to go broadcast daily. So I, I, I fasted for that one. I was like, Father, for the faith, we thank you for that. <laughs> and then 2020 hit. And then we kind of sort of started understanding why, you know, the direct, the, we go into certain directions, you know. And then, um, and then we launched a church. That was the next one where it was like we never thought we would have a church. And then now we're launching many churches, right? So that takes us to current day. Stay up with me. I'm going to take a... Now, this is advertised at 1 p.m., and if you're, if you're local and need to go, then it's not like you're going to get up and leave. I'm going to see, this is why revival doesn't come. It, <laughs> you're free to go. I'm very happy you came. This is a, I just feel a different flow today. And it is the last non-Sunday meeting of... Uh, prayer and fasting and people flew in so we'll take questions and i'm going to have them help with the questions but if you have questions stuff you would like to just sort out with another person do you know how much that helps in life that's what pastor rodney you know yeah the laying on of hands has been great and very but also to have someone to sit and talk with how would you do this if you were me what would you do here or my Uncle Ted, same thing, and get, get godly wisdom, iron sharpening iron. So you flying all this way, rather than just speak at you and, and, and lead you in prayer, I, I, you know, we'll take a little time to chat it up if, if you have specific questions and there's, there's things you'd just like to sort out in your mind, and then I got the Wonder Twins to help me. Second Kings 4, listen to this. One day a widow of a member of the group of prophets came, so I'll do that until 1.30. If you have to go at 1, it's no problem. Obviously, you're free to go anytime. It's not a cult. You won't be shot on sight. <laughs> a widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it's filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And when there were no more vessels to fill, the olive oil stopped flowing. What God gives you during the times of fasting and prayer are vessels to fill. Livestream was a vessel to fill. You filled the Assemblies of God churches you're preaching at. Now, do livestream. That gives me another vessel to fill. The Lord spoke to us. We were not set up to, to, to take stocks. If somebody wanted to donate stocks, see, if somebody owns stock and they cash out the stock to make a donation, they have to pay tax. So say they have $35,000 worth of stock and they, the Lord speaks to them to give that to the ministry, but we're not set up to take it. If they sell the $35,000 worth of stock... How much will they have to pay in taxes, Pat? Would, they'd lose how much? How much? Okay, so now they're, now they're down to, to 20, 
Now their $35,000 gift, the government gets however many thousand and they can sow 20 some thousand, which God doesn't want. God doesn't want somebody getting a cut of his seed. So he's not going to waste. So we feel the Lord speak to us, set up a vessel where people can donate stock. Because if they just send the ministry the stock, it hasn't been cashed out and there's no tax on it. So we followed that instruction. And literally, when we were in the office signing the paperwork for us to be able to receive stock directly as a ministry, we got a call as we slid the paper across the desk back to the guy and it was finalized. Bring, hello, this is, uh, I won't say her name, I'll tell you who it is, she's still a partner. I was just wondering if you have the ability to receive stock in your ministry. We do, as of two, uh, about one minute ago. <laughs> right? Yeah. I literally took the call in the office as I slid the pit. Why? Because God wouldn't, when there were no more vessels, the oil stopped flowing. God's not going to pour oil out on the floor. You have to have a structure for him that will house, I am the Lord your God who giveth thee power to create wealth. He doesn't just dump the wealth. You give him vessels to fill with oil. Livestream became one. You know, you start realizing if I preach 50 Sundays a year and I average, which back then would have been a killing, 10,000 comes in the offering uh, is the average all 50 weeks. Well, that's um, 50, five, uh, half a million dollars. So if you're ever going to have a budget higher than half a million dollars, even if it's, uh, you're going to have to have something bigger than your preaching. Well, then you see Luke 8, 1 to 3. There were women that traveled with Jesus and routinely supported him out of their own substance without him ministering or taking offerings. That's where you have the concept of partnership and ministry partners. So we add that in. And then partners start coming. And so the Lord had live stream, partners, TV. I mean, that lady would have never, she's not going to watch me. She's not even live in Pittsburgh, that lady that has the, 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 those MMA guys with a million followers. They're not in Pittsburgh, but they have TVs and they're flipping through and they see it. And they get impacted. So you keep giving God these vessels of expansion rather than believing for him to supernaturally bless this one vessel you have. He, he may have already maxed that vessel out. You need to add vessels to it. Can you say amen? amen. So that's what I want you to get out of this fasting and prayer. I'm telling you, if, if my dad could zap here somehow. I, I was always like so disappointed with what I'd hear. When my dad went on 40 days of prayer and fasting, I was thinking he was going to get a life-changing revelation that shook the body of Christ. I said, Dad, what would you get? The Lord spoke to me one thing. Mark out a straight Proverbs chapter 4. Mark out a straight path for your feet, then stay on the path and stay safe. Don't look to the left or to the right. So the track you're on, don't let anything distract you off it. That was it. One instruction. And most of the time my dad would come off of fasting and prayer. He had one instruction from the Lord. And when he would do that instruction, it grew. So people are looking for some kind of like massive thing to get dropped in their life. But Joshua chapter 1 Joshua, follow this book of instructions. God's a God of instruction. The widow needs a breakthrough in 1 Kings 17. Elijah, go, and, go to the uh, Zarephath. I've instructed a widow there to feed you. So he did. And she said, I don't have a, a, any bread in the house. Except, so she was already balking at the instructions God gave her. If you're not going to listen to the instruction, you fast 300 days. Nothing's going to get done. You fast and pray to access wisdom from the Spirit of God, which is one of the great benefits of fasting and prayer. Then shall thy light, thy light break forth speedily. Light in the Bible is revelation. The entrance of his word giveth 
Then shall thy light break forth speedily. You get revelation from God concerning your life. Say with me, revelation Revelation. from God God. concerning my life. life. I'll add something to it. Say this, is invaluable. invaluable. I don't want revelation on a, Jonathan, you know what the Nephilim is in Genesis? What are you going to do with that information? Great. Great that you figured it out. (laughs) You're two mortgage payments behind, but you know what Nephilim is. Good. We don't teach dysfunctional Christianity here. We teach Christianity that causes the righteous to possess the land and dwell therein forever. And that's the type of Christian you're going to be in Jesus' name. Revelation concerning your life. Jonathan, see that Facebook Live Kofi's watching? It's going to be big. Get on it. It'll actually give you the ability to be on TV without paying for TV. And and for a time it was. And on down the line. Then they... Start, they're going to start shutting you down on YouTube and Facebook, so get an app where you have your own broadcast platform to protect you from that. And God always will keep you a step ahead of the curve. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Whatever they're planning with finances in the future, whatever they're drumming up at the World Economic Forum right now, we'll have our own bank at the church. So we're ahead. Of, we're not dependent on, you're not going to control the church. Can you say amen? Yeah. Get revelation concerning your life. And your mission. That's what, as much as Paul got revelation for the body of Christ, he also had it for him. We were going to go to Asia, but the Spirit forbade us to go and told us instead to go here. Revelation for your life. The Lord spoke to me to marry her. I didn't tell her that because you sound nuts, but I knew. That's why I asked her. I didn't ask her out on a date. I said, come with me. Which is considered asking somebody out on a date in Saudi Arabia, but in America it's not. Come with me. I handed her a Red Bull. I said, I said, we have a long night blend. And we went out to Abe and Louie's Steakhouse in Boston and then Dunkin' Donuts after that and talked for a long time about life and ministry and off to the races from there. First date in December, engaged in April, married in September. Because when, when the Lord, just like this church, when, when you know, you, you go. And it, it, it all works perfectly. I was going to say, when you know you go, and then it flows, but then you start sounding like charismatic conference speaker, which is not what I'm <laughs> looking to do. And most people, they never have any knowing in their life. Everything's guesswork. But fasting and prayer takes you out of life being guesswork to knowing. When you're old enough, this is the Bible college you're to attend. Thank you, Lord. You just saved me filling out a bunch of applications. So come out of this fast... With, you don't need 10. One instruction in 1 Kings 17 brought that lady from one more meal and, and then I'm going to die to no matter how much she used, there was always plenty left over. One instruction. And if you don't do the instructions, God won't give you anymore because God doesn't waste. I'm just believing the Lord. He's going to speak to me. You haven't done the last four things he told you to do. What's he going to tell you more things? To he who uses well what he's been given, he'll be given more and have an abundance. So following the instructions God puts in front of you entitles you to more instruction. Amen? All right. I want to open up for uh, questions. We have a mic for those that have questions. Who has something they want to ask? It doesn't have to be some, you know, where you bare your soul, but just something you want clear. Go ahead. Your name and where you're from and your question. Uh, My name is Kayana. I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. Mm -hmm. And this question, so I know, um, Adalis, you were like the first to like leave your house. 
And I am kind of like going through that a little bit because my family, like I'm really interested in going to Bible college and my mom's like, like my mom didn't even want me to come here today. <laughs> but I'm here, praise the Lord. <laughs> um, and so I just wanna know like, how did you like kind of get with that? And I'm like, I'm not trying to be like disrespectful. And uh, she's like, you like, you can go, you can go somewhere here. Like, you know, and I'm just like, I don't know if it's. <laughs> yeah. There comes a point in everyone's life, especially if you're in ministry, where you have to draw the line and you're either going to go fully in or you're just going to allow people to talk you out of things. Yeah. And so being loyal first and foremost to God, yeah. that's, that's the line you have to cross over. So although you might not like this idea of me leaving the home, my loyalty is to nobody else but God. And, and you have to recognize that a lot of people, they mean well. Your mom means well. She loves you. Um, and they want you around, obviously, for selfish motivations. But what you don't understand is that just like the prophet was spoken to by God to leave the, the, that brook, and go to the woman, uh, the, the widow at Zarephath, or go to the woman. The Lord spoke to him because there was things that he didn't see in the future. And so if he stayed at the brook, the brook eventually dried up. And that's what people don't understand. It's like, it's all honky-dory and everything's okay in the flesh realm. But when God calls you out, it's to benefit you and your family. So at the time, you look at things and you say, man... I'm comfortable here. This is all right. God's been giving me provision. The ravens have been giving me food. I've got this water that's flowing, and I drink from it every single day. But the key is that it eventually dried up. And had he stayed, he would have died. Had he just disobeyed that one instruction, which is why it's so imperative to do the one thing that God tells you to do and disregard the other people that are trying to speak to you. And again, it could just be a soulish kind of thing. It's just, it's just a, like, a, I love you and I'm going to miss you. And that hurts. And of course, everybody's going to feel that in the flesh. But in the future, the people that really get the most impacted is you and your family. So at the time, I left my family. I left my baby nephews. He was like, how old are you when I left? 12? 12 years old. I was really close with my nephews. I still am very close to my nephews. So I cried for three months because I was homesick. I wanted to be with them. I, was, I, I, I kept telling God, I'm missing out on some milestones. I can't go to baseball practice. Mira, baseball practice? Like, I, just the dumbest things, and, and, you know, in that time that I thought were so monumental. And now they're all here working with us, alongside of us. Had I not made that choice to depart, who knows where they would be? Jay's in the front seat with his wife, Maddie, they're, they're preaching the gospel. My nephews, they're working with the ministry with their wives and future wives, they all met here. You know, that one decision to just break away for a time ended up gathering us all together. And now we're living this beautiful, incredible life. But had I not done the first step, I would have zapped the whole dang thing. And people would have gone to hell, no doubt. So do what God tells you to do. Let, let me throw one thing in on that. I heard a guy say, I'm not sure if he's a Christian or not, but what he said is true. He said, if you will not tie your happiness into other people being happy with what you're doing, it'll relieve 90% of the stress in life. Most people are unhappy because they're waiting for their mom to also approve of what they're doing, their dad to approve of what they're doing, their friends. If you'll just, not, not some jerk yet, I don't care what you, not that. 
but just genuinely not caring about people's approval or Jesus didn't. Jesus didn't get worked up when they threw him a parade. He didn't get worked up when they were going to put him on the cross. He knew what people were like. Father, forgive them. They don't know. What... That, that's what I mean by not caring. That's not caring. Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Right. And then when they threw him the parade, the Bible says, but Jesus didn't really care because he knew how people's hearts were and he knew they were going to change their minds on him. So if you can get to that point, it's like yesterday. Pastor Rodney said, I have people messaging me. Why did you allow Jonathan to wear that tuxedo on TV? <laughs> and then I had other people messaging me. That, that, was, that tuxedo looked great, or that tuxedo looked hilarious. I'm glad everyone feels the way. You know why I wore it? Because I felt, if I'm going to set my alarm for five in the morning, I need to be putting something on that makes me laugh when my alarm goes off. And I think, <laughs> I wore that for me, to just look like mentally unstable. <laughs> then the rodeo was in town in Fort Worth, so after TV finished, you can tell Pastor Rodney, as soon as the program finished, you went, we're going to go to a hotel and then you can change it. And I'm not changing. <laughs> I put one thing on a day. So then we're in Fort Worth, the rodeo's in town. You should have seen the looks I was getting. All cowboys, and then somebody looks like they should be announcing a heavyweight fight. So just don't do, there should be a confidence that comes when you know it's the Lord. And you don't have to run it by people and, and get their approval too. That'll never happen. People are, are kings of disapproval and thinking you should do something differently. Do what you know. The last thing, now I'll tell you what I would be concerned about, dis displeasing God and getting his disapproval. I don't know what that feels like, and I don't ever want to know what it feels like. <laughs> so I'm so confident and drunk on being approved by God that other people's things don't matter. And then if you'll do that, it'll make a very stress-free year. And I'm talking if you're, I don't think you should be going there, your, your mom. No, I understand. I love you very much. Give your mom a hug. And then they don't know what to do. It'll like put them in a fit of confusion. <laughs> your life is not a family approval project. It is when you're nine. It's not when you're 29. You're an adult. And you're going to answer to God for your actions. And you're going to have to stand before God and get a reward or no reward based on your obedience or disobedience. Not, you don't stand there together as a family. Amen? Please. That's why I have you up. You know, people live really good lives, but people don't live good and perfect lives. So in Romans, it talks about the good and perfect will of the Lord. So we see this all of the time. People hear a direction from the Lord, and then there's a good excuse. There's actually really, like, wonderful motivators as to why they're not fulfilling God's will in life. I have to take care of my mom. Those are really good excuses, right? But here in Revival Today... We're taught that an excuse is just another word for disobedience. So that's what at the heart of any decision that you should make, and he kind of touched on it, but it's the disobedience. It's either you're hearing the word, because he will stop talking to you, and that's where you don't want to get. You don't want to you know, come to the conclusion 30 years down the line that, man, God gave me direction 15 years ago to do this such and such thing, and I ignored it. So always operate in that kind of mode. It's, it's the stay in obedience. That's all. Next question. Pregunta, por favor. No one has any questions of any kind. There's one in the back. Way in the back. I'm running. Um, my name is Vanessa. And the question I have, I'm sorry, Hana Maui. The question that I have is, 
how do you go about starting a business and doing ministry? I would pick one. I want to, I, you know, Paul said this one thing I do. I would pick one. I didn't start a business in a ministry. I just started a, a, mini, a ministry because the Lord called me to do that. And then if you're going to do a business, I would do a business. I know not everyone agrees with me, but Billy Graham did not also sell Amway. <laughs> Kenneth Hagin didn't have a side business. T.L. Osborne didn't. And uh, I'm not saying if you do, you're wrong, but I, just your question is going to have divided focus. Both of them take 110% of you. They take all of you. So if you feel to start a business, that's why we're starting Revival Today executives, um, because people need help. And that guy, Adam Lamb, that I introduced on Sunday, I'm talking practical help. Like for me, you'll get on the head, I'm not the tail, power to create wealth, it'll fire your spirit up. Then with him, what paperwork do I need to file? How do I get customers? What's the best way to advertise my product? And he'll give you specific things to do and specific paperwork to file and a way to get an actual website up and that, that stuff from a very smart man. So if you're going to do business, I would do that. And if you're going to do a ministry, which I, I taught on this this morning, it needs said. If you're going to be a minister, the same way you can't wander onto an airfield because you feel called to fly planes, you are making a mistake to go into the ministry with no Bible college, no licensing, and no ordination. That is why there are 9 million charismatic churches in America that run 17 people or less in a strip mall and have been for the last 25 years because it's unlicensed pilots flying aircraft. They don't know what they're doing. And so if you're going to go into the ministry, where'd you go to Bible school? I, I, I just feel called. Yeah, no, you're rebellious. My cousin, where's my cousin Preston? Stand up so people can, no, I don't have an imaginary cousin. His dad is my uncle. He's a pastor and an evangelist. And he sat in all his meetings, thousands of them. He went to Rod Parsley's Bible School in Ohio. I sat in thousands of meetings growing up. I went to uh, Zion Bible Institute in Rhode Island. Teddy, my uncle Ted's son, he was homeschooled. He traveled in the, I mean, he went to 10 times the amount of meetings I did. I had school. He had preacher parent school, which is like here and there. And uh, he was in meetings. He was in meetings almost every night. If they weren't in meetings, they were traveling to a meeting. They didn't have an apartment until he was eight. They lived on the road preaching. When he turned 18, he went to Raymond Bible Training Center and finished. Preston finished. I finished. Because everybody hits a point. Where, uh, how many years was your school, Preston? What year did you, when in that two years did you feel like, uh, like strongly, like, I I'm out of here? Yeah, I felt it the last year. Anybody feels like quitting something prematurely, just like on the 21 days of prayer and fasting. You know what? I feel like I've gotten the breakthrough. It's day two. Uh, <laughs> but he finished. Teddy finished. I finished. Because you finish what you start. And, and if God calls you somewhere, he didn't call you there to, to do it for a little and quit. He called you there to finish. So if, if you're going to go into ministry, take the steps that make you a minister. Go to Bible college, get licensed, and then get ordained. Who are you ordained with? No one. Oh, no one. So they're in the entire body of Christ worldwide, there's not one person you feel that your ministry can be submitted to. That's all I need to know about you. You're the Charles Manson of preachers. <laughs> A little strong, but you get the point. So I would say, uh, I'd say pick one, figure out from God what you're going to do, and do it with, with all your might. And then maybe the Lord will add something to, to it in the... 
in the future, but you're not going to do well starting out in two directions. How do I start a ministry in a business? It's, it's double-minded. And yeah, you could name some ministers that also have a side business, but for every one you could name, I could name a thousand who tried it and have a crap business and no ministry. Pick, pick one and then go for it. And I can't even see whoever asked the question because it's late, so nothing's personal in anything that I said. Uh, I know it sounded personal because I was thinking of other people, but you seem like a nice lady, and I, I, would, tell you to, uh, I would tell you to pick one and go for it. I mean, Adonis, personal story. When our ministry was struggling financially, we were going into Christmas time, it was November, and she said, Jonathan, they're doing seasonal hiring at Macy's. I'm going to do that. Because, I don't know, probably, how much money would we have had in the bank at the time? 80-some dollars, 200 maybe. It may be $200. And I said, uh-uh. Listen, not only am I telling you no, I'm not telling you no, and we're just going to start. I'll get this figured out. This is not going to be the amount of money we have. Stay with me. Because I could see, we had no Camila, you know, it's the beginning of the marriage, but I could see this was going to be a fork in the road. And I had seen ministers get divorced because their wife had a job. They, end up, they have their own life. You're on the road preaching. The other thing is, if, if she works at Macy's, and that's how we're supplementing our income, and I'm not knocking Macy's, I'm anything. If she does that, what happens when I get invited to go to Ghana to preach? She can't get a week off work to go to Ghana. So she stays back. I see a 6,000-person church, get that imparted into my spirit, a 3,000-student Bible college, and I come back full of impartation to go to the next level, and she doesn't have any of that. I always see, like, like when I go to ministers' conference, there's always male ministers there with their, without their wife. And so they get him, and, and they, it, it doesn't work. You both need impartation. I'm not only taking Adonis with me to Tampa next week. Or, who? You? Yeah. Kofi. Patrick. Kofi. Patrick. So we're all on the same page, spiritually. And somebody doesn't have the faith I had in 2016 trying to do what we're doing in 2023. Amen? Amen. Next question. Uh, Jessica? Yeah. Hi, I'm Jessica. I'm from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Um, My question is about writing books. So I self-published a book on Amazon. I feel like it's really easy to self-publish these days. But my question is, like, how do you go about finding like, a publishing company? I, would, um, I think self-publishing is good. I think what you should, and maybe if you guys have a different or something you want to add, it's, it's fine. But I, would, uh, I think the biggest question for people that want to write books is not, it's not the publisher and stuff. It's how are you going to draw traffic to people to buy, to buy your book. Because like you said, it is easy to write a book and self-publish, and you see tons of them with two reviews on Amazon, and, and it's their mom, and then them under a, a Jonathan Juddlesworth. I, I really enjoyed this book. So you gotta have a, a way to sell the book, and publishers, don't, they will tell you they can do that, but they can't. Nobody can make people buy your book, so I think with a publisher a lot of times, you end up spending a lot of money for not much. And um, you got to get a plan from God how people are interested in what you have to say. So whether that's going to come through Instagram reels or something like that. Well, Adonis is a bad example because we had something, you know, she, she, she had access to our ministry and, and people watch us every day and all that. But for somebody just starting out writing a book, what would you say, Ada? I would definitely self-publish because publishing companies could um, 
uh, if if there's something that they don't agree with, they could like you know change. Keel Osborne said, "When they give you your book back, it's not even your book anymore." Yeah, they can change your voice, and then you lose what you want imparted to the people. What would you say? We have uh, we use Just Right uh, Solutions, which is run by Brian Paulus. And he's a Christian guy. He's a spirit-filled Christian. So we use him, and he takes care of launching it on Insta- or on uh, all the Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, and all that kind of stuff. But he's absolutely right. We don't use these books as tools to get like wealth. We use them as almost like a, a give back for donors. So um, well, I, I we use just, I don't I, that's I use it to get a message out. Your books go where you won't go. There's people that will read a, my book that would never come to church to hear me preach, but then after they read my book, they come and hear me preach. So that, that's... that's so these major publication, like these publishers, they, they'll say, okay, here's a million-dollar deal for your book kind of thing. You really do, like he was saying, you need to have a platform. You need to have a voice prior to that, you know, you signing those kinds of contracts. But um, as far as our books are concerned, yeah, we're, we're trying to give, you know, some type of message that continues to be brought up and we definitely use it more for a donor kind of relation more than um you know i'm not quite sure exactly what you want the book for do you want it for you want to make a living off of writing no just want to get your books out you just want to get your books out yeah so i would definitely um suggest just write solutions with brian paulus that's a practical thing you do and then people read like you might not be there yet but then in the future as god grows you you know, maybe nobody buys your first book, but then in the future when you explode, people want to buy all your books, including your early books. So it's worth, it's good that you wrote it. Does that help? And that gives you a specific person. Next question. Go ahead, my friend wrote two. My question, I'm from Springfield, but I'm Ukrainian. You're from where? Uh, Springfield, Massachusetts. Oh, Massachusetts, yeah. Uh, and uh, like I was going to American church, but in my Ukrainian church, like, we start have meetings, prayer meeting. And after we pray for cast demons, like pray for Holy Ghost baptized. Yes. You know, many people told pastor about this, but we are have small meetings. And pastor like came down and said, you can pray for Holy Ghost or for healing. And when I start fasting, 21 day fasting, I receive in my spirit like I have to go to these three brothers who was prayer with me, but come like 50 people, 40 people, but only three brothers who was leading this, me and the other two brothers. And I feel in, we have to rent it other American church to start pray meetings. In Springfield? In Springfield, like in Westfield, small town, Westfield, yeah, like I, near I Springfield, yeah. Interstate 290. How do you think this is from God when I was praying? I think it's from God. And I think you'll do a great job. And when I start talking with them, they have the same thing in their spirit. Do it. The only thing I'll, I'll just add to what you said is something can only have one leader. Kenneth Hagin taught anything with more than one head is a freak. So three guys, this church that I'm at wouldn't work if we had three pastors. There has to be a leader. So you can all have it in your heart to do something, but whoever the leader, there has to be a pastor. There's not three shepherds, there's one, there's one shepherd. And then there's under shepherds under that pastor. But there has to be order, and I don't have to explain that to you because Ukrainian people and Slavic people understand authority in general. So I would do it. I feel a lot of churches are going to go on sale this year because they're 
They put a rainbow flag up, and the next thing that follows after a rainbow flag is a for sale sign. So there's a lot of those in Massachusetts. And it'll help you. How'd you find me? 2020, when COVID, I start following Pastor uh, Rodney Howard, and you pop up. How'd you find Rodney? Uh, because he was in jail, somebody from Russian <laughs> Tell me why jail made a bit. Why, why, why when you saw a pastor went to jail, did you not say, oh, I don't want to see someone that went to jail? How come it attracted you to, to him? Because I was against vaccine, and the uh, Holy Spirit like, put in my heart to find people who like against same thing. Vaccine, and I against, they closed the churches. My churches was closed. I was, start, I was following you like crazy because I love your accent, everything. <laughs> And you're laughing, you're, you're real. <laughs> Tell me this while I have you, and I'm not trying to get you to like compliment me, but Russian people and Ukrainian people like me a lot, and I, I've never been to Russia or Ukraine, so why do, why? In my spirit, like you pop up on YouTube, I will follow you, this is guy is special. And I was feeling this guy will do something more. And that time you don't have church. And uh, hmm. I was following your life, sometimes, uh, when I'm working, I just do after. Like uh, when uh, yeah. you finish broadcasting, I was doing like after. I was following you, and I was feeling in my spirit, this is the guy who you have to follow on YouTube. You know, I went on television this year in all Ukraine and all Russia. Because I've, I've had so many people talk to me, like I've thought, I, want, I like these and people. I think you have to be a Russian, because we, we understand Russian. First Ukrainian, but second my Russian right. language. And you have to go in Russian because many people ask me who you listen, who you watching, and I'm trying to find you in Russian. I can't find. Like I mean, on YouTube, you know. I'm gonna get my stuff out in Russian. In fact, I have a bunch of programs in Russian because I'm on Russian TV. So I'll make it where it's available. We gotta get whatever's been translated and get it on YouTube and just put a whole e Russian. Even section. in Ukraine, I'm trying to explain. I'm listening, to Jonathan. They try to find you. They can find you okay. in Russian, you know, because whole Ukraine, Belarusia, Moldovan people, we speak Russian. Yeah. Soviet Union. That's right. It was Russian language first. Belarus. Time. Yeah. All right. I'm glad you came. Thank you. You know, the barbershop I go to when I'm in Arizona is all Russian and Ukrainian. And uh, in May 2020, when the stores were closed, that was the only barbershop open in Phoenix. I walked in and I said, you guys want me to wear a mask? And the Russian guy looked at me, we don't do that, SHIT. And I thought, I like you guys. I'm not saying you should talk, I'm just telling you what he said. One last question. Okay, we got a few more. Three last questions. Let's go her. Sister Lori, and then my friend in the back. Hello, I'm, I'm Zoe. And we're from Georgia, mm -hmm. and... Um, you don't sound like you're Georgia, but go ahead. We're from, originally from Massachusetts. All right, there we go. <laughs> this is my brother, John, and he actually, he goes to um, Crossroads Community Church in yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, I, know, I remember you from there. Yeah. Good to see you guys. So again. he told us about you. This is my husband, Derek. Um, we, our daughter went to Christian school. We always put her in a Christian school. One was a Baptist school, and then um, one was a fundamental um, Christian school. We grew up Baptist, and it, it just got very dry for us, um, just too 
legal. Dry. Yes. That's a great, a, a church without the Holy Ghost feels like an engine trying to run with no oil. Yes. It's just, Yeah. Yes, yes. So we had a hard time. My brother kept saying, you got to find a church, you got to find a church, but we just hadn't. And he showed us you and our daughter is 29 now and she has fallen very far away and we did the fast so we could cast whatever is causing her. She's into crystals now. I mean, she grew up a Christian. She was born again. I was with her when she accepted the Lord, you know, and it's just really destroying us. And we, um, we started the 21 day fast and came up here to try to get her back with the Lord. We've been praying and praying and praying for her. And this we wanted to do because I got a vision that about Mark and Mark where Jesus cast the devil out of the boy who was being thrown in the fire. Right. And I said to my husband, we got to go, we got to do this fast. We get it because they only come out by fasting and prayer. And that's why we did it. And that's why we're here. And I just want to change our whole life now. I just, I see that we're supposed to be doing something more. When I was five years old, I fell out of my hayloft in my barn. We'd just gotten a horse. They just put the hay. I fell through the hole and an angel was there and said, you're going to, you're not going to die. You're going to live. And there's something you have to do, but I can't remember it anymore. Well, God will bring it back to you. I want to give you something that will help you, and then I'm going to have Adonis pray for your daughter. Mark 11, 22 through 24. This is very important. Then Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. When you finish praying, you have to believe that you've received the answer to your prayer before you see it. So your daughter in your spirit to you has to be that, that the Lord has already taken care of that. And whatever the time period is to when she actually, it manifests is just the details getting sorted out. But you can't seriously, I'm trying and my prayers so far haven't worked. There has to be, we have this confidence, First John, that if we ask anything in line with his will, if he hears us, he will, he, has, he will answer us, believing you have received. So think of this. Let's say your daughter, and it won't take this long, but, but I'm making this point to teach people because there's a lot of people in your situation, it, whether it's their daughter or their health. Let's say, let's say you pray for your daughter to get saved, and she does in 20 years. And I'm saying this, but I'm, I'm make, listen to the point I'm going to make. It takes 20 years, and she gets saved. But then for the 20 years, you've been stressed out and beaten down and can't enjoy life because that's been hanging over your head. Yeah, you got the answer to your prayer at the expense of two decades of your life, not enjoying time with your husband and always having that. There's preachers like that. You know, where the whole, they have two kids that don't serve the Lord. Or one, Oral Roberts had a son that committed suicide and another one that died in a plane crash that was a homosexual. I might have the homosexual thing wrong. It was something bad. But I, I think it was. I was listening to it yesterday. And he had that. Now think of you're preaching to big crowds, seeing people come to the altar, and the devil's over your head the whole time as a preacher. Yeah, how about your own two sons? That's great you're leading all these people to the Lord. What about your own family? That's the devil. I knew another preacher. His daughter was on the worship team. Then when she turned 18, she started being the piano player and singer at a, at a lounge slash, you know, 
the dark kind of lounge. In, in Louisiana, a mile down from their church, wouldn't show up to church. He knows she's playing down there. And his son, who's a preacher too, said, I watched my dad's sermons change from happy sermons to, I don't know how anyone could grow up in church and go serve the world. It's, it dominated him. So it's important to not just know how to get the victory, but stay in victory while you're getting it. And just tell the devil, not only are you not going to take my daughter to hell, you're never going to see me cry one more tear about this again because I've committed this to fasting and prayer and the Lord has heard me and I believe that I have received it. Now, obviously that's easy to say, but then what do you do when the thought comes? Praise the Lord. How do you praise the Lord? You say, Father, I thank you that you're not deaf. You heard me. And I fasted and prayed, and I've committed this to you. I thank you that you said, quote his word back to him, believing I have received the things that I asked. I thank you my daughter is saved. I thank you every chain is fall, has fallen off of her, and my petition has been granted. Now, you do that enough, and the devil will see to it that she finds an altar so he doesn't have to listen to you yapping about it anymore. Amen? Sister Lori. Oh, go ahead. Pray for, pray for the daughter's uh, first name. Devin, go ahead. Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak to Devin. Holy Spirit, we send you out. You know exactly where she is and captivate her. Arrest her right where she is in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, give her an encounter with your spirit that would bring her to her knees in the mighty name of Jesus. We know that it only takes one moment to turn this situation around. And today we call that moment forth. We call it done. We call her saved, full of the Holy Ghost in the mighty name of of Jesus. Father, this year of 2023, we command for her life to turn around even now. Break off every relationship, every friendship that would try to lead her astray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Every tree planted by the evil one in her body, in her mind, we command it to be uprooted now in the mighty name of Jesus. And we rejoice and give you thanks because before the summer's even up, we'll have our testimony in hand in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Sister Lori, go ahead. So I have a business question from Lori from Iowa. And a few things the Lord has given me as a vision over this last year, I started moving forward in them and I kind of got stuck. And then I said, well, why is there a delay? And God's like, I didn't tell you to partner with them. I told you to do it. And so I've unhooked myself with a couple different things. And, um, now I need staff to help me to do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I feel a little uneasy in that area because I have people that I hire to do projects for me, but I actually need somebody to walk like alongside with me, with me. Yeah. That's not just like a project person. That's worth being uneasy about. Yeah. There's some things you what should do be uneasy about. What do I do? Hire people that don't make you uneasy. <laughs> I go mostly based on that than resume. If somebody makes me uneasy, I distance myself from them. And if somebody sets you at ease, Kofi was the first person I took with me on the road. He sets me at ease. My nephew Jay, I took him with me on the road. Not because he's, he, he sets me at ease. When your spirit can relax around somebody, they have a joy in them that you, you identify with. And I don't even say Christian. Just joy. I would, hands down, even at church, I would have happy, happy sinners on staff before I would have depressed Christians. Thankfully, I found joyful Christians. You can have both. <laughs> I can't stand being around unhappy people. So I would, I, would, I would get happy. Hire people that make you look forward to going into the office because you're going to get to see them that day. Bob Rogers, probably shouldn't have said who, but 
I was at his church in Kentucky, and I had him laughing. I don't know if you saw that picture I put on Instagram of us in the office and him making me laugh and me making him laugh. We were doing that at his church, and when we walked to the platform, he just casually said, if I had people like you on staff with me, I could preach till I was 85, no problem. So for him to think, because why? He's having fun. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy brings strength. On the flip side, if you don't look forward to going into your own office, and you find a way to like just go to, so you don't have to talk to the people that you're paying, or, or, or you have people that cause problems for you. My grandfather used to say, problems are free, there's no need to put them on the payroll. So some people have people on staff that cause problems for them. Hey, just so you know, you, know, you, don't, need, you don't need to pay those people. You have those kind of people for free. So uh, I would, I'd believe the Lord to send you help. You can even say, Lord, Father, you said in your word in Acts 10.34 that you're no respecter of persons. You gave Jonathan a bunch of happy people to help him. And I know you're not a liar, so you, you kind of owe me some happy people to help me. Because the same way you did it for him. How would I have ever met Kofi? I didn't even know what Ghana was. <laughs> and then I meet him up in Massachusetts. And I feel he comes to me. The Lord spoke to me to travel with you. I thought, there's no chance. I got ready to say no. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> Next trip. You can come one time and we'll, we'll see how it goes. Set it up. And here he is with me 10 years later. Because the Lord gave him to me. So the Lord will give you people too. Make sure, obviously, your confession can't. Go against your prayer. There's no, you know, I live in Iowa and there's no, there's not a large population here and there's not really qualified workers in Iowa. Don't say stuff, which I'm sure you don't, but don't speak like that. Say, thank you, Father, for help. You know, we hired, what did we have on full-time staff at this time last year, Pat? 14? Already by now? How many did we have before the church started in December? 12? 14? 16. So we went from 16 to 34 in a year where everybody was saying you can't get anybody to work. So you'll go in the different direction. Just believe for it, put your faith out for it, and God will help you. Just like he sent me a bunch Every of... Every person that we've ever hired, we've felt uneasy about in the beginning. And I think people have this idea where it's like, well, God, I want increase, I want increase. But then there's certain practical steps that you have to do in order to facilitate increase. I was listening to um, like a businessman and someone asked the same question, like what do I do if I need to hire? Uh, or what, what do I do in order to, to bring increase in this business? And he just simply said, increase. You bring increase by increasing. And so although it might feel like it's uncomfortable in the very beginning, like it was when we hired Mags, Jonathan was like, we can't do this. We can't afford it. And I was like, no, but let's just, we need her. So let's just do it part time. And then, you know, she'll, she'll facilitate the, the, the growing needs. And when we hired her, there was sufficient money to hire her and keep her full time. When we hired the next one, the money came in and there was sufficient. Because with increase, there's a, this law of attraction that comes with it where it's like people gravitate towards something that's growing. And so when you breathe fresh life into it and you, you believe in what you're doing, people are going to gravitate towards that and just cling to you. They, they want to they wanna be a part of something that's growing. And so although it was very difficult, probably up until like the fifth or sixth hire, we'd always like come together and like, can we do it? We should just do it because, and then we, we, we started tapping into this law of increase. It's like, you know, there's stuff that attracts to you and your business when you continue to grow. 
And so that's how it's happened. Now I meet people and I'm like, oh, they're hired here? I didn't have no idea that they were hired. Because now we, we do it like it's no big, big deal. But in the beginning, it was definitely like, uh, it was uneasy. It felt uncomfortable. But you have to do it anyways. Implement it and, and there's people, if you haven't read the, the book, uh, Mike Murdoch, Law of Recognition, there are people sent right, they're under your nose right now that are willing and ready to help you establish your business and everything you're called to do. You just have to identify them. So in these next few days, just say, Holy Spirit, help me identify those people that you've sent to help me flourish my dream or whatever it is. And things that would potentially make you uneasy, get it in writing in the contract. Don't ever do this or you're fired. Make sure you always do this or it will terminate the contract. We've so the, set We've it learned. up how you want it. Um, you also, um, you look, get to know the structure of an organization, what it, what it would look like if you had you know, five employees, 10 employees, 100 employees, be in the know. It's almost like that. Uh, we always talk about dig a ditch and then God will fill it. So the, the digging of the ditch is a lot of work. It's a lot of research. It's a lot of time that's spent calling the IRS, doing all of these things that you need to do in order to create the structure. But um, there's also like little baby steps into it. You can subcontract somebody, 1099 them for a couple of hours a week, see what they're like. Maybe, you know, you don't have to go full in and do 40 hours and then, you know, full time pay. So baby steps are really, really a good idea. That's all. Final question. Who is the third person? Yes. Mr. Jared. He went to Jared. <laughs> Jared Boyer, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I got about 15,000 questions I could ask you guys, man. Well, let's but, get started with one. See how many yeah, we we'll get Yeah, we'll start there. with number one, see how we get there. So uh, there's an event in Tampa. Uh, and I got told by about a dozen people that I have to go to this thing. So my brother in Florida, who led me to this church through the Holy Ghost, uh, told me, get down there. He bought me a plane ticket. So uh, a win-win situation just sounds like to get him a refund, he told me to ask you uh, for a ride down to get under the anointing on the way down to Tampa. So can oh. I get a ride to Tampa with you if there's room? I'm, I'm not able to do that. All right. <laughs> but it's I know he'll get a kick out of it, though, because he's, he's watching for sure. It's nothing so I personal. I ask Shame on the brother for putting me in this position. <laughs> no, he loves you, man. We I love admire you. your boldness for asking. We, hey, we love you, though, man. Bless you. <laughs> oh, come on. You guys, gonna, you can ask a, ask a, a second one. Then we can do the 14,998 oh. another time. <laughs> okay. oh. oh, so you're coming to the kingdom business then? Yeah, I'll be down there for That's sure. That's great, man. Yeah, I'll be down there for sure. Proud of you. So uh, go ahead. So, second question. Yeah, second question. Uh, the number one thing that when, when you were building, there was a, uh, so prayer and fasting, I had some miracles happen, but I was surrounded by some people, a lot of people who, you know, just didn't know how to take it. Like I was the type of person who'd be like, Jesus said we could walk on the water. What other choice do I got? Cause I'm not, I can't be in the middle. I got to know that God's real and I, I can't like act like he's not. That's right. So I can't, if I'm going to do something, I'm doing it all the way. And if you're going to show me who you are, show me. That's right. Because I'm not, I can't be, be on either side. So well, uh, I was surrounded by people who, who just weren't 100% in one direction, right? So uh, to separate that was, you know, it, a key. it was, yeah, it was key, man. But how, so how do, you, how do you do that? I know stay, staying on the path does it, but in getting around the right people, that's why I'm in this church. Proverbs chapter 13, he that walks with the wise will become wise himself, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. And Amos... Three something, three, can't think of the verse, says, how can two walk together unless they agree? So you can't, you can't pull people. 
I have thanked God for this quite a few times. I also owe him much more thanks. Think of what a train wreck our ministry would have been if half our staff believed in vaccines and masks. They, they'd have sued. They'd have gone on Facebook. And you know, there were a lot of pastors that had that. Their worship leader wore a mask, but they were a faith person. One guy that I know, his worship leader moved back to Michigan and posted on Facebook, I will not be back at this church till the pastor smartens up and cancels church. So you, it blew his church up, went, went from 400 to 30. Now he's got to rebuild. So, uh, and he invited me to come preach this year, and I said, no way, because I told you about all this before, and you didn't listen, so I'm not helping you rebuild. Find somebody else. Because you don't listen. You don't listen. So if you didn't listen the first time, why come back and preach the same thing again and have you not listen? I'd rather preach to somebody fresh. Anyway, I haven't eaten in 19 days, so back off. Uh, I mean, last night. So you can't, you can't move forward with people that aren't on your page. And um, that's what happened with him. So it turns out all these churches that thought they were faith churches or full gospel people actually found out they had about a third or two-thirds of their entire worship team was full of fear and didn't believe the first thing about healing or protection. Half their pastoral staff, I preached for a guy in 2021, not 2020, 2021. Uh, hey, this was Sunday. I was preaching there Sunday through Friday. Hey, one of my associate pastors tested positive for COVID and his wife. So they were here this morning. How do you want to play that the rest of the week? I said, why do you have people on staff that are getting tested for COVID? I got tested, well, I was going to say no times. I had to do it once to go to Hawaii. We needed a negative COVID test, and I got another one to go to Ghana because I had to. That's a test. Did you ever have COVID? I don't know. I don't care what the type of sniffles was I had. I'm from the 80s. We called it the sniffles. So why do you have a, a pastor that's on staff that when he felt he was congested, went to a free clinic or the little drive-through places for welfare districts to, to see if they had COVID or not. You have, you have people on your staff that aren't of your ilk. And so when trouble hits, there's a split. So everybody's got to be on the same page. If you're going to have a church, everybody's got to be on the same page doctrinally. This church has clear doctrinal statement. You know, you know what I believe. You're welcome to not believe it, but there's nobody going here unclear. What I, does he believe in prosperity? Does he believe in healing? How do they believe on the gifts of the Spirit? Our, our church doctrinal statement is not live, laugh, love. <laughs> it's not a bad statement, but it's not. So a lot of times in an effort to get help, you just start grabbing whoever you can. But as a leader, you got to keep people on the same page, and, and there has to be one leader. Yeah. I'm not asking Patrick, what do you think we should do this year? That's not his job. He doesn't want to, he wants direction from the leader. Even Magalas. Yeah. Like, what you, so, like, what direction do you feel like we should go in this year? That's my job. The, there should be somebody at the top setting a strong course, like last year, with, where's a, is she here? Is that Lori that, and her, that, that would come to prayer? She's still back there? Yeah. Yeah, right there. What's your name that just sat back down? Leslie. Leslie, sorry. <laughs> Nutrient deficient. Um, how many people would we have at prayer this time? They're, they're OGs. They were at every prayer meeting. Ada, why are you abandoning me? Can't hold it for a little bitty. All right, go ahead. 
Both of you have to go to the bathroom at the same time. I'll stand for That is kind of a miracle, because even during the fast, because that's the first time I've ever seen a lady go to the bathroom by herself. So you can just tell God's moving. How many people would have been at the prayer meeting this time last year? Um, maybe 30. Maybe 30. They were at all of them. They're still here. So in the midst of that, do you know what the prayer topic was? On the road to 1,000. Which sounds like you have mental problems. Road to 1,000. How, how about hit 45 first, champ? And I'm sure people had plenty of opportunity. Because, you know, pastors watch stuff like this just to hate watch. A thousand. There's not even 20 people there. There is now. Because you sound like an idiot in the beginning when you speak faith. When you call yourself the father of many nations and you're 98 and your wife's 88. Because I, I think they have you on too much medication, Mr. Abraham. But though the vision tarries, wait for it, for at the end it shall speak. Set a clear course as a leader. And I'm glad we had nobody get tested. Not only did we not have anybody that wanted mass or said, I'm not, I'm not working. You're putting me in danger at Revival Today. Nobody got tested. Everybody was on board. Everybody's on the same page because I set a clear direction. I'm not a pastor that you have to know me personally to know how I believe about Roe versus Wade. Are you, I, I let it know. That way, if you don't like that, you can go find a, a rainbow flag church with a Black Lives Matter patch and go burn the city down together with a Bible. But... But that's not us. So we're, we're, we're old school Christians. And uh, people know that. So, that. so they stay. It keeps a direction. In business, you have to do that. You have to constantly, uh, what does it say in Habakkuk? Um, write the vision down, make it plain, that the reader may run with it. People should know where you're going. You don't talk about where you are. You talk about where you're going. We are taking this real estate company to this level. We are taking... Uh, what are you doing now? Uh, youth and Community Center. You, yeah, Youth and Community Center. We, this year, we're going to do this, this, and this. Specific, actionable goals with this community center. This evangelistic ministry. I saw um, Wesley, stand up so people can see you. This is one of the evangelists, and then my cousin Preston, too. They travel as young men. They're evangelists. If you're a pastor, they're worth having in. Be better than having in your old, washed-up buddy. I'm telling you that as a pastor. These guys can preach. And they promote Revival Today Bible Institute on the road, set up a stand. The students that respond and receive Christ and get baptized in the Holy Ghost and want to know what to do next, they get them hooked up with the Bible school. But he was writing something on Instagram the other day. We're seeing growth this way. We're doing this. We're starting this. You know, communicating it on Instagram. Not please pray for me. I don't know how this is going to work out. Talking about where he's going. Great job. Um, set a strong direction. Anybody that ever balks at it, get rid of them immediately. It, I, I don't understand a lot of things. I don't understand when I hear a pastor, I got this guy on my board and he just, he, he fights anything I try to do. Why is he on your board? <laughs> Fidel Castro didn't have that problem. <laughs> and again, I'm not promoting him as the bastion of ethical leadership. I'm just making a point. Do you know how many pastors? Because I wouldn't even bring it up, but during COVID, they, you know, we didn't want to shut our church down, but I have a board. I also have a board. You have to have a board legally to have a ministry. But my board is not six people that think I'm nuts that feel like they need to rein me in. 
My board of directors are people that are on the same page. How can we best implement the vision that was given to Jonathan and Adalas? Amen? How can two walk together unless they agree? Find people that are on your page. Hook up with them and go far. And then, not only do you have to find people that are on your page, you have to make sure they're still on your page. Because people change. Judas was not demon-possessed when he started following Jesus. But then as time passed, the Bible says, and a devil entered into Judas. So you got people, they backslide, their faith grows cold, and they're not on your page anymore. That's why we have a policy in our... How many people at this prayer meeting are on staff with us? Stand up. Staff pauses everything that goes on during prayer to be in the meeting. I want you praying. I want you spiritual. I don't want corporate ministry people. I want, I want it where you could talk to... And you could at Revival Today... Any one of these people, if you needed prayer for something, you could go and they would pray for you and you would get a touch from God. Not just the pastors, the phone answers, anybody. You know, it's funny, my brother-in-law, Jose, that's back there, he had just, he actually was in the process of getting saved when he started answering the phones for us. And what happened would be, all these people would call in from TV. Hi, I have a, a, a hip I need a problem. I need prayer. I was just watching Jonathan and I called for prayer. He's like... I'm not sure if he had come to the altar yet or not. Okay, um, Jesus, we just pray. So then he ends up having to pray for people like nine times a day, 20 times a day, and then before you know it, he, you save a church. Because he's praying. He was forced to pray for people. <laughs> that was years ago. You, you, can, you can be seated. So you keep, you hire people that are in agreement with you. I'm not talking about lap dogs that do with, you know, unquestioned. It's not a cult. But it, I can't have somebody working here that has, I'm not just sure about divine healing. You know, I think there's a lot of excess. Okay, then go work somewhere else. We believe in healing here. We lay our hands on the sick and expect them to recover out of Mark 16. So if you don't, yeah, but he's really good at graphic design. That's awesome. Have a great time being good at graphic design. So you're not a part of this ministry because everybody's got to be in the same flow. How can two walk together unless they agree? There has to be agreement. So you have to be, have agreement in the beginning, and you have to keep an eye on the people. In business, you have to watch people. If they start flaking out or something hits you wrong in your spirit. In fact, I'd be shocked if there's not people here that own businesses that during the fast, I'm not talking about being suspicious and judgmental, but some, somebody that works for you, you don't feel right about them anymore, and you used to. There's something up. And you don't have to wait till you know what it is. It's very stupid, which I've heard people do. You know, this guy ended up stealing over $20,000 from my ministry. I knew in my spirit he was, he, something was wrong. Well, good. It's good you waited. It's good the Holy Spirit gave you the heads up so you could wait for the car crash. <laughs> you know, if the Holy Spirit gives you information ahead of time, you don't have to wait till it materializes. That's why he's giving it to you ahead of time. Don't wait till it materializes. Camila, Camila, where are you going? Just like your mom. Let me have a hug first. I just want to make sure I say it for you. Quick hug, then you... Don't, don't go to the bathroom until after you've hugged me. Right. Okay. Love you. Her cowboy boots, too, now. Got a family full of rancheros. Puerto Rican cowgirls. What a Jesus is coming soon. Hoop earrings and Stetsons. Uh... Act on information you feel in your spirit. You don't, and you don't have to be creative about it like the mafia was. You'll say, the Lord spoke to me that you're stealing money. That's accusation. Somebody could sue you over that. Just let them go. You don't have to give a detailed reason. 
act on information the Holy Spirit gives you during times of fasting and prayer. There's people that need to come into your life. There's people that need to exit your life. There's things that need to come into your life. There's things that need to exit your life. And, and that's what this whole point of this day was, was take what God's done these 21 days and get on it now. And one of the things I said way back an hour and 50 minutes ago was you feel it strong now. You won't feel it strong even after like into the first day that we're off the fast. It goes quick because a lot of you have already thought. I've thought. You know what? This, I've been fasting six to six. When this stops, people say this kind of stuff. I'm going to start doing six to six every day. I, I've enjoyed it. I, I, I'm getting plenty of nutrition doing six to six. I figured it out. But I'm telling you, after day, day one that the fast over, maybe six to two. <laughs> day two, eight to one is good. Day three, 10 to noon. Day four, 11 to quarter to 12 is going to be my 45 minutes of fasting. So if you wait to make the decision after, it start, after it's over, you're not going to do it. Set now what you're going to do when this ends, and you're going to have the most explosive year you've ever had in Jesus' name. You're going to have the most explosive year that you've ever had in the name of Jesus Christ. Take 30 seconds and give the Lord the biggest hand clap and shout. Come on, give Jesus the highest praise. You're going to have the best year you've ever had. And there's nothing the devil can do about it. Amen? Amen. I'm going to give you a chance to sow seed. Those of you that are watching online, we're winding this thing down. If you want to put something that's uncommon into the soil of God's kingdom, believing for an uncommon year, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that. And that book I mentioned, Purposes, Plans, and Pursuits by Kenneth Hagin, I'm going to send that to anybody that sows a seed of any size today as a way of saying thank you. Anyone that does $1,000 or more, I'm going to send you my new book on Bible prophecy. Also, if you'd like to partner with our ministry and haven't done that yet, our new magazine is out right now, 2023, the year of possessing the land, and it has the word the Lord gave me in detail and, uh, for 2023. My wife has an article in there. It's got pictures from a bunch of our meetings, testimonies. It's great. Revivaltoday.com, and you click give now. Tonight is going to be a blowout night. I'm going to lay hands on everybody that comes to church tonight that wants hands laid on them. We're going to have a great time in the presence of God. And so um, you have time to be here if you're, if you're watching. It's 7 o'clock, it's 1.57. So if you're anywhere within a four-hour driving distance, you can hop in the car and go. And tonight's going to be an amazing night. How many enjoyed Dr. Bob Rogers? Smooth, smooth anointing, right? Just smooth. It's like an effortless anointing. Good man. I appreciate him coming. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that your people are going to see great and mighty things. Not one here and one there. Great and mighty things as the order of the day. In Jesus' name. Thank you for giving them supernatural power to do what they could never do in their own strength, their own might, their own wisdom. Thank you for divine wisdom, divine might, and divine strength. And everybody that's here from the left to the right, be blessed. Command your families to be blessed. Father, thank you for Russia. Thank you for Russians. Thank you for Ukraine. Thank you for Ukrainians. Thank you for the Slavic people. Thank you for Puerto Ricans.
and all their noise. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for everyone. Thank you for West Africa. Thank you for black Americans. Thank you for Hispanic Americans. Thank you for Americans. Thank you for Asians. Thank you for Chinese. Thank you for Japanese. Thank you for Taiwanese. Thank you for all the peoples of the world that you're drawn to this church to hear the gospel of change. Thank you for Syrians. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. In Jesus name. Thank you for city white people. Thank you for country white people. Thank you for all the people. In Jesus name. All God's people said amen. amen. Now listen, have the best afternoon you've ever had. Have fun with whoever you're here with. We're going to reconvene tonight at 7 and give the devil the hardest kick to the skull he's ever had. God bless every one of you in Jesus' name. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.